NASA's Transiting Exoplanet Survey Telescope launched back in April 2018. After a few months of testing, it was ready to begin mapping the southern sky, searching for planets orbiting stars relatively nearby. We're just over a year into the mission now, and on July 18th, TESS shifted its attention to the northern hemisphere, continuing the hunt for planets in the northern skies. As part of this shift, NASA has announced a handful of fascinating new planets that turned up thanks to TESS, including a couple of worlds in categories which have never really been seen before. How many confirmed exoplanets have astronomers found so far? At the time of this recording, NASA's Exoplanet Archive has a catalog of 4,301 worlds out there that we know of, with almost the same number of planetary candidates that need confirming. But over the last year, NASA's latest planet hunter, the TESS mission, has been hard at work gathering up planets to add to this growing database. It's halfway through its two-year primary mission, with 993 candidate worlds found so far, as well as 28 confirmed planets. First, a little background on the TESS mission, and then we'll get into the new results. We've done a whole episode on Kepler and TESS, and I'll put a link to that here and in the show notes, but here's the short version. The mission was launched on April 18th, 2018, with the goal of discovering exoplanets located within about 300 light years of Earth. TESS follows a 13.7 day lunar resonant orbit, a never before used on a spacecraft mission. This is exactly half the orbital period of the moon, which causes the gravitational forces on the spacecraft to roughly balance out. At the closest point of its orbit, it's just 108,000 kilometers above the surface of the Earth, the ideal time to transmit all of its data. Then it reaches 373,000 kilometers at the high point of its orbit, a region that's free of the trap radiation in the Earth's magnetosphere. TESS uses four large cameras which watch a large portion of the sky nonstop for 27 straight days. Then it shifts its view to another region and watches again for another 27 days. Some regions are unique, but there are parts which overlap and can be seen for even longer than a month. The spacecraft uses the transit method to find planets, watching for a slight dip in brightness as a planet passes in front of its star. The amount of the dip and the length of time it takes to complete tells astronomers how big the planet is and what its orbit is. The initial dip in brightness gives astronomers a hint that a planet might be there, a candidate. Astronomers need to see three transits in the test data, since other natural phenomena can mimic a planetary transit, like a variable star, or a cloud of dust surrounding the star. Then, other telescopes around the world and in space, and even amateur astronomers continue to watch these stars over the months and years, working to confirm that planets are there and what their actual orbits are. Unlike the Kepler mission, which was studying one single spot in the sky for a really long time and turning up planets thousands of light years away, TESS is picking up planetary candidates which are within a few hundred light years of Earth. It's a finder telescope for the next generation of massive Earth and space-based telescopes like the European Extremely Large Telescope and the James Webb Space Telescope. These are the instruments which will make the follow-on observations and tell us more about these newly discovered planets. 
ACE's CHEOPS mission is due for launch later this year, and it will perform follow-on observations on candidate exoplanets discovered so far, trying to narrow down their size and orbital periods. Thanks to CHEOPS, the number of confirmed exoplanets will start to catch up with the number of planetary candidates. Let's get into the new planets. About a month ago, on June 28, 2019, astronomers announced that they had discovered the smallest world TESS had ever seen. The star is called L9859, and it's an M dwarf star, or a red dwarf star for us non-astronomers, with about a third the mass of the Sun. There are three planets discovered in the system so far. The closest to the star is L9859b, which is only 80% the size of Earth, orbiting a star every 2.25 days. It gets about 22 times the energy from the star than the Earth gets from the Sun. So it's a little bigger than Mars and hotter than Mercury. This isn't the smallest planet discovered so far, though. That's Kepler-37b, which is only 20% larger than the Earth's moon. The second planet in the system is 1.4 times the size of the Earth and orbits every 3.7 days. And the outer planet is 1.6 times bigger than Earth and orbits every 7.5 days. Forget about habitability. All of these planets are totally scorched by their star and could be classified in the Venus zone. They could have been more habitable in the past, but they're probably way too hot for life. So let's move on. On July 31st, 2019, scientists announced a new planet orbiting the star, Gliese 357. It's another M-dwarf star, and the planet is about 22% larger than the Earth. What makes this planet really strange is that it orbits about 11 times closer to its star than Mercury. The first exoplanets ever discovered around a main-sequence star were hot Jupiters, planets with many times the mass of Jupiter, but orbiting just a couple of days. These were thought impossible, but there they are. And now astronomers have found a hot super-Earth, a mega-Mercury. Since it's an M-dwarf star, it's putting out less radiation than the Sun, but orbiting this close makes for a hot planet. Without an atmosphere, it'll have an average surface temperature of about 254 Celsius, or 490 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot, considering Mercury's average temperature is 167 Celsius. Put an atmosphere on top of that to trap the heat, and this world will be insanely hot. Good news! Gliese 357 is located only 31 light years from Earth, which makes it the third closest exoplanetary system ever found. This is a great example of the nearby planets that TESS is going to be finding. Astronomers found even more planets in the system too. The second planet, 357c, has a mass of about 3.4 times the Earth and orbits the star every 9.1 days. Its average temperature is still hot, about 127 Celsius. Now, notice that I said mass and not size? That's because 357c wasn't discovered using the transit method by TESS. It's not lined up to pass directly between us and the star like the hot Earth, 357b. Instead, astronomers were using a ground-based observatory to do a follow-on observation using the radial velocity method. This is where astronomers measure how the star itself is yanked back and forth by the gravity of its planets, and this technique led to the discovery of the second planet. And it also led to the discovery of a third, even more intriguing planet, Gliese 357d. This planet has about 6.1 times the mass of the Earth and takes about 55.7 days to orbit around the star. 
Its average temperature is about minus 53 Celsius, which probably means that it's covered in glaciers and snow, but it's still theoretically inside the habitable zone of the star, depending on how thick the atmosphere is. It's a super Earth, about double the size of the Earth, but probably made of rock like our own planet. The smallest planet Tess has ever seen. Three new planets in the same system. That's cool, but there was another discovery from Tess at the same time, and I'll get to that in a second, but first, I'd like to thank Brad Whitwam, Akil, Kieran Horide, Richard Judd, and the rest of our 795 patrons for their generous support. They contribute so that you can see these videos and we can make them freely available to anyone who wants to learn about space. Join our community at patreon.com universe today and get in on the action. In addition to the announcement of planets at Gliza 357, the test team announced three additional planets around the star UCAC4191004644, or a test object of interest 270 or TOI 270, located about 73 light years away in the constellation of Pictor. Again, this is an M-dwarf star with only about 40% the mass and the size of the Sun and a much cooler surface temperature. The inner planet TOI-270b is probably a rocky world about 25% larger than Earth, orbiting its star every 3.4 days at a distance of 13 times closer than Mercury. Because it's a transit, they couldn't get at the mass directly, but based on simulations, it's about 1.9 times the mass of the Earth. But it's a scorcher, with an average temperature of 254 Celsius. The next planet in the system is TOI-270c. This is 2.4 times larger than the Earth, orbits every 5.7 days, and could be described as a mini Neptune with a mass of about 7 times the Earth. The third planet, TOI-270d, is 2.1 times the size of Earth, orbits every 11.4 days, and is probably 2.1 times the mass of the Earth. Again, another mini Neptune, but with an average temperature of 66 Celsius. That's hot, but not too hot. Of course, all three planets are probably tidally locked to their star, which means they always show the same side. The side towards the star is hot, and the side away from the star is cold. But there could be a reasonable spot right on the terminator, the edge of the planet, between day and night. We actually don't have anything like this in the solar system, a world that's in between the size and mass of the smaller terrestrial planets and the larger gas giants in the outer solar system. This makes them a fascinating target for the next generation of telescopes, like James Webb. TOI-270 will be high in the sky for Webb for half the year, so it'll be studying it extensively. So here we are. It's been over a year since TESS went into science operations, completely scanning the Southern Hemisphere skies and turning up almost 1,000 planetary candidates and 28 confirmed exoplanets. Time really flies. It's found hot super-Earths, mini Neptunes, and now the spacecraft turns its gaze to the northern skies, and hopefully, we'll find even more. I can't wait to see what it turns up next, and I'm sure I'll give you another big update in a year from now. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Once a week, I gather up all my space news into a single email newsletter and send it out. It's got pictures, brief highlights about the story, and links so that you can find out more. Go to universetoday.com newsletter to sign up. And did you know that all of my videos are also available in a handy audio podcast format? So you can have the latest episodes as well as bonus material, like interviews with me show up right on your audio device. 
Go to universetoday.com slash audio or search for Universe Today on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And finally, here's a playlist.